0: Thanks to Shola and Jenny for reading, and I'll I'll just put my toolbox there, just in case you, there we go. And so we pray, let us pray. Father God, right at the start of this service, we were invited to still ourselves, and we do that again, knowing that God is present and is always present. So prepare our hearts for your word, Lord. Ask that you will speak to each of us and give us ears to listen and obedient hearts to respond, for in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's interesting, isn't it, how often the word "home crops up in our everyday conversation, isn't it? You know we might say to someone, "Well, you soon made yourself at home. Uh, when someone comes to stay with us, I may say rightly or wrongly just treat this place like your own home. And we may have come across such sayings as, I don't know if we can say it anymore, uh, an Englishman's home is his castle. There's no place like home, home is where the heart is. And I remember wandering around a garden centre once, and there was a plaque there that said, home is where happy memories are are made. So the word home crops up quite a lot in our conversation. And those particular sayings encourage us to regard home as a good place to be, the place where we can relax after a hard day, a sanctuary, a place where you can chill and just be yourself. And if you want to slob around on the city in your Donald Duck PJs, well, that's okay, because you're home. And it can be comfortable and safe. But what if you don't have a home? Well, what do those sayings mean then? Because if home is a good place to be, then being homeless is not a good place to be. There is no sanctuary. There is no place to relax. And it's impossible to imagine what it must be like to be homeless unless it's actually happened to us. Now, I've worked for five seasons uh, on the winter night shelter. And I'll tell you now, I would never claim to know what it is like to be homeless, although I have had many conversations so I'm going to show you and Ollie's been very helpful thank you Ollie this morning I'm going to show you a four minute film clip called Look the Other Way some of you will have already seen this clip I know I've seen it a number of times and I'm still very moved by this virtual reality homeless experience from the passage I don't know if we can kill the lights I have been on on the street
1: off and on for four years Where can you go? You know what I mean? You've got nowhere to go, have you? You can't run indoors and lock the door and certain people can't beat you up. You've just got to stay on the street. You don't know who's going to come up, give you a good idea, or spit at you, or urinate on you. It's horrible. The general public, they just... They ignore you because they think we're an outcast. If they could see what I saw on the streets, they would be more understanding.
2: I think I saw homelessness from the outside, and now I had that chance to see it from the inside, uh, which is not a nice view at all. It was not what I expected.
3: It's like you're yeah, in a different world. I just kept on seeing myself looking down a lot, sort of like, I'm just feeling being that low. It was like, yeah, it was very realistic, actually. Changes your perspective. You're looking from another view.
0: The worst were people who stared as they walked away.
3: And I felt
2: vulnerable, rejected, and ashamed. It made me feel incredibly
0: small.
1: It makes you feel like a caged animal. <laughs> a horrible feeling. As if society's
2: forgotten all about them.
1: You feel like absolute trash. You're a nobody.
0: I was isolated from the world
3: that I was watching. Lonely it makes you feel really really alone
2: you feel just so exposed like you don't have anywhere to hide
0: very very scared it scared me because it was
3: so real as a woman i've never thought about the female experience on the street and that was uncomfortable uncomfortable Sad.
1: Sadness. I just feel so sad for people
2: in that position. I can imagine people feeling hopeless, because that's how it makes me feel to sit there for five minutes. So I can't imagine spending a day or a night out on the street. It's a very hard experience, all day, and that was just for a minute or two.
3: We are born the same way same innocent way so inhuman
2: i mean obviously you can never
0: feel what these people are actually feeling until you're in that position it's awful to see over the years the numbers rising um, around almost every corner and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better
1: homeless person, they can't take off the mask. This is their day-to-day living. This is their view every single day. The same every day. It never changes. They are trapped inside this world. Trapped inside the mask.
0: Thank you, Ollie. I find that an extremely moving piece of film. Uh, And and I remind you again that Westminster is the borough with the highest number of homeless people throughout the country. This this is where we are. And if I were doing a presentation, I'd ask you to get into groups and ask you, what did you notice, what did you learn? Uh, But this is a sermon, so I won't do that, but I do invite you to uh, reflect on what we've just seen, and if you want to watch it again, it's called Look the Other Way, and it's on social media. There is a stigma attached to being homeless, and yet the scary truth is, it is very easy to become homeless. Your relationship breaks down. You lose your job. You live in an abusive home, and you need to get away and here in london increasingly people are finding it they are unable to afford accommodation here so please understand that homelessness can happen to anyone so what i'm saying here as well is there are genuine stories out there okay so before we judge there are genuine stories Now, I freely admit that I'm a little slow on the uptake, Uh, and so when I first became involved with the homeless homeless ministry of this church, and I'd never done it before until I came here, it took me two seasons of working on the night shelter and a conversation with one guest, and it will always stay with me, to learn just how dangerous it is to live on the streets. The homeless are vulnerable, and it was mentioned there in the film. They are more likely to be the victim of abuse, and sadly, the abuse comes from ordinary members of the public. Ordinary members of the public. And so in that first passage of scripture, Psalm 71, we hear the words of a man in his old age who even in the face of a crisis reaffirms his faith in God. A faith which he says he has held on to since the day he was born. And the psalmist talks of refuge, of God being his fortress and of not being put to shame. And if we listen to the words of the psalmist with the homeless in mind, what are the crises that he's referring to? Well, we mention a few. The daily search for safety, for warmth and shelter is a reality for these people. The shame that that means they can't even share with their closest friends where they find a bed each night. And it doesn't matter how many blankets they are given, they long to feel the warmth and the comfort they once had in their mother's womb. So how do we see homeless people? Do we see them as people of faith? Or do we assume that they are outside of faith communities, that they have been abandoned by God, or that they have abandoned him? Well, our gospel passage makes it clear that they are not abandoned by God. Jesus says, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. We talked a lot about homelessness, and this will probably be my last talk on homelessness. And I guess the message I wanted to give to you today is what can we do? Let's talk about the toolkit again. What are we gonna do to change things? You see one thing already. uh, There are a lot of homeless services that you can support. We have links with The Passage, with West London Day Centre that we work with, with the night shelter. You personally could give donations or volunteer. When you're out and about, you may want to engage or acknowledge a homeless person. They feel invisible. Again, that was something that was mentioned. Uh, If you feel uncomfortable with that, and I understand that, um, you can contact an organisation called streetlink.org.uk. If you tell them about an individual, they will go and see them, okay? And they will connect that person with the various services that they need. So that's streetlink.org.uk. There is a new, uh, I I came across this in my inbox, in my email, something called SWEP. And it's Severe Weather Emergency Protocol. We're in for quite a heavy, uh, a very cold uh, winter. And so this emergency procedure has been activated across areas. So there are extra emergency shelters that are being set up. And local authorities have made additional provisions available to make sure they can get as many people off the streets as they can. Because the reality of sleeping outside is dangerous whenever it occurs. But it's extremely true during the winter, when extreme temperatures can kill. And we know that people died, in fact, somebody died in December just outside the Houses of Parliament. A homeless person uh, died outside there, and somebody died at Westminster Tube Station as well because of the cold last winter. So if you do contact Street Link, all I'll need to know is the location of where the rough sleeper is, uh, the time that you normally see them in that location, and a description of the individual. So, if you feel uncomfortable about approaching them yourself, they will do this for you. Just they just need to know where the person is. I've given my title there, God on the Streets, which actually I start thinking about. Does God really know what it's like to be homeless? Well, I believe He does. A few weeks ago, we were celebrating Christmas and Luke's gospel tells us there was no room for Jesus to be born. His bed was a manger, uh, an animal's feeding trough. Matthew tells us that the family had to flee from their own home because their lives were in danger. Not a story dissimilar to what we hear in our news today. And of course, Jesus' words, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, reminds us that he had to rely on the hospitality of others. In fact, would we be pushing it to suggest that Jesus today may be called a sofa surfer? A homeless person who stays temporarily with various friends because they do not have their own place to live. So yes, I believe God does know what it's like to be homeless. And yet for me, the astonishing thing is that this homeless Jesus promises us in John's gospel, in my father's house, there are many rooms and I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's promising to prepare a permanent abiding place with God the Father In fact, our first hymn ended that he's our eternal home. You ain't going to get booted out. When Jesus makes you welcome, that's your place forever. And in fact, some people, when they are getting ready to die, have said, I'm going home. I'm going home. When Timothy Schmaltz created his sculpture, The Homeless Jesus, and you'll see uh, a smaller version on the first floor, he created it with the intention that the viewer can actually sit down on the bench. So the, the big ones, you can actually sit down on the bench. And he says this, I have sculptures around the world and what they are doing is reminding people of the sacredness of human life. And Jesus said, That whenever you help one of the marginalized in the community, one of the broken, you're helping him. And that was a game changer in the history of religion. So, let me ask you a question before we see our next clip. If Jesus came back today and asked what kingdom work you are doing, what would you tell him? What would you show him, where would you take him? There's some great work happening already, and we're gonna watch another film clip, it's much shorter this time, which I hope you will find encouraging. And it focuses on one story relating to action for children, a great Methodist initiative, which this year will have been supporting the most vulnerable children and families across the UK for 150 years. And we're going to listen to Colleen's story. She's got a strong Glaswegian accent, so I think they've put some subtitles on for us, but uh, she's got a great story to tell.
3: Growing up, it was tough. My parents were drug addicts, heroin addicts. There was good times, but there was a lot of bad times as well, like when I had my first ecstasy tablet, I'd say I was roughly about 11 12. It was after like my dad died that I found myself homeless. I was 16 at the time. Obviously like, it's scary, it's a, it's a scary place to be. You weren't living really, you were just existing. I got involved with Action for Children. I was allocated a worker and I was supported in all aspects of my life. They give you that little bit of hope and belief that you're not all these bad things that you keep thinking about yourself. It makes you believe that there is people out there that care and do want to help. So my life today is, it's brilliant, like, a dream. I'm at Celtic Park, which is a club I support. Um, I'm playing football, which I've always loved since I was a kid. And to be a part of a club and a team and just feel that, like, you're wanted, it's, it's amazing and I think there's so much more to come. The quicker you reach out to ask for the support and help, the quicker uh, you can move on in progress in life. I'd say, just don't ever give up. If you keep fighting, you will, you will make it.
0: So Colleen, homeless at 16. Uh, both her parents were drug addicts. Action for Children came in and changed her life. There's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, but I like it, which is why I'm sharing it with you now. Use your imagination, there's a busy freeway in America and in the midst of this really heavy traffic, a driver blasted his horn at another driver and shouted, where are you going in God's name? And the other driver was Billy Graham, who rolled down his window and said, I go everywhere in God's name. I don't know if it's true, but I like it. It's been a busy old week in the news again. But one of the most unpalatable pieces of news for me this week is Oxfam's report that the world's 26 richest people own as much as the poorest 50% in the world that equates to the 26 richest billionaires owning as much as uh, owning as many assets as the 3.8 billion people who make up the poorest half of the planet's population i don't bet you but i think that's obscene i think that's immoral Inequality is unacceptable and the gulf between wealth and poverty here in Westminster is unacceptable. We go everywhere in God's name. We don't just come to church and go home in God's name. It's much bigger than that. We go to work in God's name. We move around in our communities in God's name. And in this Methodist year, the President's theme is transformation. We are continuing to be transformed by God's love. But it doesn't stop there. Because wherever there is injustice, we go in God's name. To transform the world and our streets through him. And I will tell you now, that what you do will never make the headlines. But nevertheless it's still good news because in the name of Jesus, you have the power to change somebody's life just like Colleen's. Jesus said that whenever you help one of the marginalized in the community, one of the broken, you are helping him. So go everywhere in God's name. Amen. Our final hymn is Christ Be Our Light. We tend to sing this uh, at our Christingle service, uh, but I thought it was appropriate for today. And that fourth verse, Longing for shelter, many are homeless. Longing for warmth, many are cold. Make us your building, sheltering others, walls made of living stone. We stand to sing. <laughs>
1: remind you of the invitation to not rush off if you don't need to do and join us in the lecture hall for refreshments. One of the realities of worship is that God uses worship to speak to us and if God has spoken to you today or you came to church this morning with particular issues